I am unashamed. What about you? So it's Ladies' Day on Unashamed Podcast. My- or, or as I would put it, mm. strange creatures. <laughs> Women are strange creatures. I want you to know it's somebody looking at you and then saying women are strange characters are creatures. I don't know if they'd believe you. Perfect normalcy is scary to people. Well, you know, I love it when Dad will say, like, about Gordon or somebody, you know, he's got a look about him. Oh, yeah. And then I love it because people look back at Dad like, you got a look about you. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, when he preaches, I know I met somebody that did know uh, uh, Duck Dunst, not familiar, but they were there that day, and I heard him say, is that the preacher? <laughs> <laughs> well, you look at Gordon and you know, not only is it a little weird, but... He ain't from around here. <laughs> That's right. Well, one thing is, Florida. He's, he's got a giant head. I mean, like birds could be attracted to that head. It's just you know, I don't know if it's because he's got a big brain in there or not. He is pretty smart, but pretty good sized brain. <laughs> and he's working on our new book. Sure is. Yeah, and it's really good. You said you've been yep. reading some of it. That's excellent. So, uh, babe, this is your first. This is Lisa's first time on Unashamed. First time. Are you excited about it? Yeah. You're sitting in Jace's seat. So. Oh, gosh. Oh, goodness gracious. That means you're going to have to. So I asked Lisa. Do I have to talk stock market if yeah. I sit right you here? Yes, talk oh. stock market, and you have to interrupt Dad as mm. much as possible. Mm. That's that's the role you have to play. I, I asked Lisa about it. She said, I, I said, well, have you ever listened to the podcast? She said, well, I did a time or two, but it's so hard listening to Jace ramble on. <laughs> and interrupt. <laughs> and interrupt. Yeah. That's what he does. Not that Phil is never interrupted, but. Well, look, Mom, you'll be, there's a, a woman named Grace uh, from Canada, a listener, and she sent a note I read last time Jace was here, and it said, um, Jace does interrupt some, but you got to understand, it's just the love of Jesus that flows out. He just can't stop it from coming out. <laughs> that was Grace's take. <laughs> if only she knew that he has been arguing with me since he was three years old. Y'all, so y'all, I would like for her to hear some of that. <laughs> we might need to hear some of that, yeah. especially since he's not here. Well, just here. put us together. You know, tell you what you want to about old Jace. He is one godly man. He really is. He is. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, he's great. He's a, he's a straight arrow. There's no doubt about no that. Doubt. But the Bible should but have said, said more words about arguments <laughs> have nothing to do with foolish arguments what about that verse mom yeah that yeah i need to blow Stupid that up genealogy. put it on his wall <laughs> mom you know he said mom that the reason that you and and he didn't get along was because you didn't get his humor for all his whole childhood he was he nobody was, got that humor because <laughs> it was just joking and you just didn't oh get yeah it. yeah he was i'm sure he was now he just looked at me and said, I'm just going to live my life aggravating her and arguing with <laughs> and her. he still does. Uh, so, uh, so I want you all to start today. I wanted you all to basically give our audience, because mom's been on a couple of times, but usually it's been more more male. So we're, we're, we're balanced. We're fair and balanced today. So I want to hear about Rob, what it's like being a Robertson from the women's side, because our audience totally gets it from the male side, because they get it every time they listen to podcasts. But I want them to hear what what's it like to be a Robertson. Now, you weren't, I mean, both of you came in young, so you basically grew up, because y'all were, I mean, you were, what, 16 when we first uh-huh. got together? Actually, you were 15 when we first I was started 15, dating. Yeah. yeah. And you were about 14 when you first yep. started running with Dad, right? That's correct. So basically, y'all have kind of come into this family, and I've been in it for most of your lives. So what's what's it like being Robertson? Let the audience know. And I've been a Robertson twice as long as I was a Gibson, because I've been married 36 years now. Yep. Um, and Gibson, by the way, oh. there's, is uh, Jimmy Red is a That's... Gibson. He's Lisa's nephew, <laughs> along with a few others out here in the wild, wild west. That's exactly Doesn't right. Far from the truth. Mm. <laughs> um, that could see. be a whole podcast. Just it what be. it's like to be Gibson. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't Gibson want to be and Miller. And Miller. That's right. Yeah. Those are two combinations. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what it's like to be a Robertson. Um, well, tell about when you first misunderstood, came in. <laughs> um, <laughs> not, not appreciated, 
not listen to. That's right, Kay. What is the what was Dad's rule? Remember with the for when you first came in the when we got together the second time and we got married. What was what was Dad's rule about women? Because you were the first one, so. Well, he said you gotta convert them or cull them. <laughs> And I didn't want to be called. She didn't want to be called. I'd already called her once, you know, one time. So she didn't yeah. want to be called again, which is pretty funny. What about you, Mom? Oh, you ready for me to really talk about I that? I am. Okay. I want to hear it. Especially <laughs> well, back when it all first started. Because you kind of, like your family, I don't you weren't rich by any standard, but you had some means. You we had, were the richest people in our town. Well, there you go. Of what, 300 people? 200. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had I, the only. I guess that's better than the other 194. <laughs> and guess what? We had the biggest store, hardware store, grocery store, and all that. So I didn't act like a little rich girl, though. Even though I, I was that, I didn't want to be like that. And that's what attracted me to him, because well, you know, not only was he good looking, you know, he didn't have all this, but he. Uh, I just liked his look. Then I found out he hunted, he fished. That was just like my daddy, and I love that about my daddy. And I would help him clean everything, the doves, the quail, the squirrels. I held the legs and all that. So I liked that man, that kind of man. Pioneer man, right? And I, Yes, he was a pioneer. And, I, and my mama wanted me to date all these other boys, but, ugh. They were too nice, if you know what I mean. And I mean, I said, I can open my door. Don't, you don't have to do that. You're just wasting time. I'm ready to go. So, you know, I, I, that was just me. I didn't care for all that. And I and didn't was, get it with this one. And this was the early 60s, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is the time period we're talking about. So you still had sort of the chivalrous gentleman and all that, but, but Dad was not, not that, right? He was more just kind of the woodsman or... Yeah, I like that about him. He's good looking, and I did. You know, I'd like football to this day. So, so, what was your first date with Dad? Do you remember? Well, somebody else set it up. This is that's what's funny. A girl that was an upperclassman decided that we'd make a cute couple. So she told me to walk him off the field. That he wanted me to, and he told Phil that I wanted him to walk off with me on the football field. That's how we got together. So you were a cheerleader. I, yeah, I was yeah. a cheerleader. And he was a he was a quarterback. That's right. Yeah. Good too. He yeah. was very good, and um, so that's how we started. And then it just kept going. And but see, when we first dated, I know he won't remember this right, but we first dated after that meeting and all that. Then he broke up with me in dust, duck season, <laughs> or hunting season, because he said I I would interfere with his time. <laughs> So I just thought, being honest, I guess. yeah, that was it. So I was like, okay, now I really, you know, think about it. I want to marry you, and you're breaking up with me because I'm interfering with your hunting season. I should have got some clues there, but so we were not together, and we both, and then he just lied because he dated somebody else, not regularly, but one or two or three women, girls, and then I had two or three, four boy dates. But I mean, I just was. I knew he was a one, but I was like, back then the girls didn't chase the boys. You right. waited, you know. And that when was, my again, that was part of the era of yes. that time, right? So when in May, when my daddy died, uh, and you were fourteen, yes, and it was in May, middle of May, and so a lot of the my friends and other people came to the. A lot of young people were there at the funeral, and I saw him at the funeral. So then after the funeral, I saw him. He walked up to me, and I don't know. You know, he said he was sorry about my dad, and then he just said, you want to go out? Well, I said, of course I do. So, you know, so that hook up, then we never were apart again. Yeah. I, I tell y'all stories some because <clears throat> I've got a picture that I found somewhere of that era. Of, you know, you're about that age. It could, it may not be exactly 14, but. You know, 15, yeah. 17, whatever. Sitting by a car. Yeah, or you're you were, sitting yeah. on the hood and he's standing yeah, by the leaning car. Leaning back against the car. And so I love telling that story about y'all because it also kind of came out of obviously a very painful part of your life. And then I tell the story about your mom kind of went off the deep end. So she then did. you really just. Then we were dating at the same time. Yeah, Me right. and my mom. I know. And she wasn't exactly. And I got home earlier than her. Yeah, she wasn't exactly bringing in the 
the best people either, right? I mean, no, she wound up with uh, being married a little while to a nice guy that was nice to me, but it was just she was. I was more in her, you know. She just wanted to move on with her and her new life, and so I, I looked at Phil as a replacement for my dad because he was a hunter and fisherman that he was, and also as a protector. I knew that no matter what, like the cowboy days, he would keep me from being killed right. or being hurt. Yeah. So, uh, but then what happened was when we went to Tech, because we had Alan on the way. So there I was at 16, pregnant, yep. and then we go to Tech, and I, I turned 17. And Dad 17, was just starting 40. at Tech. He was 18, right? Yeah. Just starting to. So I had, you know, I was pregnant with you, so I had you in January, and, you know, there it was, a 17-year-old and an 18-year-old, or 19, whatever he was, raising a baby, and I said, well, the way I look at it, I never was one to keep little children or do all that, because I always had baby kids. Baby cats, baby dogs, baby sheep, everything, lambs. You know, I took care of animals. So I said, well, how different could it be to take care of you and a little baby kitten? So, you know, I would rock you and hold you. But, I, I mean, that's how dumb I was about being a mother. I'm glad you did. I guess <laughs> I'm still here, so you did something right. Well, you know, that. You know, I told you that I would bring that little black and white TV in your room. You're in the baby bed. And I tell you, every time we're watching the Dallas Cowboys, and he would just jump up and down and clap his hands. And I did that for four years. You're the reason I was a cow- I've been a Cowboy That's fan. That's right. And that he, he learned, and all he would say, if I said football, he said Cowboys. <laughs> he said Cowboys. And, and I, he never you know, I got have, off of it. like, flash memories. Unfortunately, they're usually of, like, because I was a lot of accidents when I was a yeah. little bitty boy. I remember some deer antlers fell on my head. Uh, I fell one time and hit the corner of the car, and then big old wide things when you open the door and just split this eyebrow. But I, I can remember it. I guess it's because of the pain or trauma. But So I have these like flash memories of when I'm like well, three did, or four but years I, old. I, every one of those, I took you to the doctor and you oh, got yeah, treated. Yeah, you took care of me. <laughs> yeah. Just like a good kitten, I guess. Yeah, a good little puppy dog. <laughs> yeah, get, get him to the But vet. I think that's why you're, so, you're obedient now. I mean, you're just, you know, like a good dog. <laughs> that's right. You trained me well. <laughs> so, but, uh, Lisa, I, I told the story about one of our first dates. Uh, when we went to the uh, fish market, we went to the fish market and mm-hmm. they didn't take the fish. Mm-hmm. So I told that story on the podcast recently. But uh, tell about the tell about the story um, of our actual first date and how how that came to be. We we tell it all the time when we go speak. Before we do that, let's take a quick break. So I don't know if the ladies. Um, Will agree to this, but the men, the men on here, talk about it all the time. One of the worst things about getting older is aches and pains. Yeah. Is that is that true for you, babe? Yeah, <laughs> I'm almost the double nickels. I will be in January, and the aches and pains have added. Oh, so the reason the reason why it happens is because of inflammation. Basically, that's where you get these joint aches and knees and all this stuff. And so the product we've been using, Dad and I have been on it, and and Lisa's been taking Mm -hmm. it too. So Omega XL is the name of it. And basically, it neutralizes inflammation that causes these stiff joints and muscles. And it it works, Dad, and there's no doubt about it. I mean, I I hardly ever take ibuprofen, right, baby? And I took it every day Mm -hmm. before. So it's a lot better for your body too uh, because this is all natural. Uh, from the pristine waters of New Zealand, uh, these muscles that they get. So if you got some aches and pains, you really need to try it. I'm telling you it works. Omega XL. If you go there, omegaxl.com slash fill, you're going to get a second bottle free. So you buy a bottle, get a second bottle free. This will give you a couple of months there to be able to try it. Omegaxl.com slash fill, or you can call them 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. In the old days, that's what we'll call it. RK yeah. calls it the olden days. Thank you. Um, this would have been early 80s yeah. is the time frame, 81, 82. Yeah, we would drive around um, through McDonald's, in and out of the parking lot of McDonald's. And um, so I was driving through one night, and I saw my cousin. and um, Bubba. Bubba. Remember Big Bubba? Yeah, yeah, I do. And so he stopped me, and I was talking to him. And I had already met Alan when I was in the sixth grade um, and fell in love with him, I think, then. But whenever I saw him and I was in the 10th grade, 
um, I, you know, I fell in love all over again. But um, so I, I see Bubba and he pulls me over and we um, we start talking and then a head comes in my window. And it was Alan. And he said, wow. <laughs> so what I think is wow means you filled out. Yeah. That's exactly know. what it means. It's redneck for you filled out. That's, oh, wow. Yeah, it's redneck yeah. language. Because he hadn't seen me since I was in the sixth grade. She was a little scrawny thing when she used to traipse around after me in middle school, and all of a sudden I was like, whoa, you know, there's been some growth here. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so he said, well, hey, when are we going out? And I said, well, whenever you ask. So he said, okay, let's go out tomorrow. I was okay. He said, well, you want to meet me here? <laughs> That was the first time. At the drive-thru? <laughs> at the, the drive-thru. drive-thru. <laughs> that was the first so, sign of trouble. My mother Most was not. at the drive-thru, you know. <laughs> yeah. We, we didn't. <laughs> I, no, y'all I met at the been, drive-in probably. I haven't yeah. been to a drive-thru in so long. I don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's where I've met my wife. <laughs> so um, what was funny is my mother didn't like that idea. That we were going on a which date. Which she shouldn't have. I was and, terrible. and we were meeting at McDonald's. I wasn't, by the way, so the audience knows, which she's fixing to fill you in, but I wasn't of the best character. This was during the prodigal era we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I met you there. Everybody has to realize this is all pre, pre-conversion for That's everybody right. involved. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Um, so I met you there, and... You had two co- two of my cousins with you that night. Yeah, Bubba and his, Mike and my, Tracy, which is a normal day. No, I think you it was Mike. A, that was Tracy. A was normal it? day. You bring Wait a, a couple of cousins, you know. <laughs> I never it, heard. It was her cousins. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yeah. Well, it was mm-hmm. it was like a double date, but it was That's just two, two guys. guys. Well, they were they were brothers. Well, that's what I said. What? Why'd you bring them? And he said it's a double date. I'm like, I mean, but they're boys. <laughs> but they had access to alcohol and and. Marijuana. That was why they were. Yeah, there, so. that's right. Which Lisa was introduced to that world, and I, that's a great I was. Thing. Yeah, I Terrible. was not part of that, or had not been part of that yet. And um, so by the end of the night, our our date ended, and we're in a strip club we're, parking we're, lot. We're in front of the Shalar Lounge over in Monroe. In Monroe, it used to be over there on 18th Street, the Shalar. It was a it was a strip. There was the only strip club that's ever been in Monroe, I think. Yeah. So that's where we were. I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> no, I've, you, I've never heard this story. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Did know you know we not got read off. our book, Phil? <laughs> I don't know whether we got <laughs> off on the right foot or not here. <laughs> no, trust me, we did no, not. No, we did not. That's we right. Did, we did correct it, but We ended we ended that night um <clears throat> with me and Alan on the back seat and him passed out and I'm just in the, you know, in the parking lot of this strip club. And then both my cousins, Mike and Bubba are in the strip club. Cause that we weren't old enough to go. That sounds there. like a nightmare yeah. to me. It was a nightmare. It was it, terrible. And so it was, <laughs> and you would think that that would have, that would have been the worst, but it wasn't, <laughs> it was, it got worse. So we were, so we were together a few uh, months <clears throat> and this was the About time, Dad, I had had other girlfriends and other issues. And one of their, one of my former girlfriends before Lisa's dad came down and confronted y'all about me and my behavior. And it was all true, but I lied, of course, about it. And you finally, were good at that. Oh, I was, I was the perfect little liar, no doubt about it. And I was living a double life. You know what I mean? I was just, it was. I, I tried to look good in church and all that stuff, oh, but I wasn't. Did. I was terrible. And I and I always look at it from y'all's perspective that because Jace is always like, oh, they just never wanted to look at it. I said, but yeah, but parents never do. Like, you love your children. You just wouldn't think they'd be capable of what they're doing. And yet you get into it sometimes. This is the evil one. He just had my heart, and I was serving him. Yeah. And the, one of my greatest regrets, and I say it all the time with Lisa, is that when I met her, she was a good girl. She had had, you know, we talked about a lot on the podcast, you've been molested. So she had all that past stuff that affected who she was, but I'm the one that corrupted her. I'm the one that led her down the bad path. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because all these years later, after being married so long and us, you know, obviously when I came back to the Lord, I I reached out to Lisa 
and it started the process that's our whole life now. But I, I, Dad set me down <clears throat> in this era and just said, because I was 17, uh, Lisa and I had been together a little while. And, of course, she was just in love with me, but she was just a girl to me. I didn't, I didn't feel about her the same way. And Dad was like, you got to either straighten up or hit the road. You know, it's just, it's, he gave me a clear choice, you know, which looking back on it, I I tell people all the time, that was a love speech because mm-hmm. what happened was you knew the path I was on. Not only was I going to crash and burn, but I was going to take down brothers and the rest of the family. I mean, you had to do the right thing and you did it. Problem was I wasn't ready. So I was defiant. And that's so why I left and, and left in a bad way. And of course that is when I ditched Lisa at the same time, and then so her life went into a tailspin from there, You too. weren't defiant to me. You were defiant to what I said, but you didn't show it. You no. were like, well. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, and because and I respected you, and I, and I also knew that deep down you were right. Yeah. You know, you, when you're living the double life, you know it's wrong. Yeah. That's the thing about it. I mean, it's not like you're like, oh, no, this is fine. Because why, why are you doing it in secret? It's like you described the... Somebody going out stealing horses. Why do they do it at night? You know, why yeah. do they? Why you, you can claim well, I want to live my life the way I want to live it, but why are you being so secretive about it? Because you, you know try so. to justify it. You do, but even your conscience <clears throat> tells you it's still wrong. So one of the things I want to talk about because uh, I think it's interesting, something that we share together is that, and I hadn't thought about it till y'all were going to be on, is that so obviously both of us went into our relationship with a lot of baggage, right? Yeah. I mean, dad had a 10 year run there of not being a Christian, built up a lot of the devil, the devil. That's right. Being that's in what control. I called him. So, but it was interesting because I, I was doing the math and that was about 12 years from when you guys first got together. And so for Lisa and I, it was about 15 years after we got, we had been together that then it was just a crash and burn. I mean, for y'all yeah. back in that day, and then for us, 15 years into ours. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about that because it's interesting that it seems to be sometimes you can build something up through the years. And I know there's a lot of couples and people that are listening that are probably going through something like that right now oh, yeah. or about to. And so I want to give them some hope as and to. There's a mighty throng of them going through stuff like yeah. this. Exactly. And it, it, a lot of times, it's no magical year, but. but you get into that, you've been together a few years, and you built up a lot of bad habits, and then you just then it turns into conflict. And so I can remember that because in our case, I was there as a boy when y'all were going through it. But then later, Lisa and I go through almost the exact same thing as you guys. So, But wanna... the different, you know, it was her more, and in my case it was him. Not that we were perfect, no. but, right. you know, the main ones that did the things. Think about it, Al. When you get right down to it, the entire human race goes through it. Absolutely. When, and, when, the, when, the, when you get old enough to be accountable. Right. And you begin to defy God and the sinning starts, everybody goes through that. That's right. Which is why I believe this book that's in front of me, because it tells us that. That's exactly right. So we already have the report here. It is written. <laughs> right. All have sinned, you know, they've none good doing good. They all turned away. Well, every last one of them, yep. worldwide. And a lot of them don't make the comeback, but well, and that's a percentage what, <clears throat> of them do. That's what you're trying to impress upon people is the longer you stay in that frame of mind and lifestyle, the longer bad stuff then attaches to you and how you operate. And the more damage it causes, usually in your relationship. The sad part is most, once they're cut off, yeah. a lot of them don't know God. They, they they don't know where to go. They don't know where to look. They're in the rehab. They're in the prison. They're yeah. in this. They're in that. The devastation, they're, 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 the drugs, they yep. just keep it. It's just a, a, rolling, a rolling thunder. Right. And the, the only way out is the one each of us found. Right. Which it, it it is it is uh, way better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say that's for well, sure. Well, and I think too, the longer you're in it, the more Satan's got his claws into you, and he continues to tell you that you're too bad. That yeah. you know there is no salvation for that. Yep. 
and that nobody could love you like you are. You're not worth anything. That's exactly right. So I think the longer you're in it, that's more of that detrimental thing that happens is that because, like as you've said before, sin progresses. Yeah. And so you get worse and worse and worse, and then I think um, you justify it. You you think what you're doing is okay. Uh, you're not as bad as the guy next door, you know. Um, Phil was as bad or worse than the guy next door. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't feel like he was. Oh, no. Hang on, Dad. Let's take another break. So, Mom, I don't know if you ever got these on the bed, but I, I gave you some bowl and branch sheets. Oh, yeah. Have you have you tried yeah, them? Yeah, they're great. So tell me what you think about them. Well, they're good. I bet you didn't know this. Bowl and branch, uh, you know how soft and comfortable they are, but did you know that three presidents sleep on bowl and branch sheets? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so you're like the president and the first lady now sleeping on bowl and branch sheets. That's how good they are. But we love them. Lisa and I love them. Yeah. Uh, we, were, we had already bought them before they were ever a sponsor on the show, uh-huh. and, and we love them. We use them on our beds as well. Basically, they're th- what they say is they're $1,000 quality, but a fraction of the price. And I would say that's true. You can try them for a month risk- risk-free. So if you don't like them, you send them back. But trust me, you won't send them back. Uh, right now, you get $50 off any sheet set at bowlandbranch.com if you use the promo code Robertson. So it's bowl, B-O-L-L, and branch.com, promo code Robertson, $50 off. Uh, check these guys out. Restrictions may apply, but see bowlandbranch.com for all the details. Now, Al, it's, uh, and it's biblical, <laughs> but uh, interesting little text here. Let's see. Listen to this one. Uh, uh, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of, (laughs) which is a good way of putting it. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. So it's a life or death. We are speaking about life yeah. and death moments. That's exactly right. In our past. That's exactly right. And and that's why you tell your story, which becomes Jesus' story, as a cautionary tale for everybody else because you don't want people to go through what you went through. Why why would you want people to well, suffer you, like that? That shows you the way God works because mm-hmm. you can see, you know, like for me, staying 10 years through that, mm-hmm. it was like I said, I know what a war is like. Because yep. I lived with him for 10 years as a, a, you know, devil person. And so, I mean, you know, other people would say, how did you do that? See, they want to know sure. what the, well, how it started, where it was, and what happened at the end. Because they said, obviously, y'all are together and happy family, and we are. But they they told me they want to hear the bad and the good and the ugly, right. every bit of it. Right. So I think when we do that... Then they see how God works, and especially like in my case by staying, because my family said don't stay. His family told me don't stay with him. I mean he's too mean, he's too bad, and all that. Well, I had to sit on the words of my grandmother about not leaving my marriage. I I was set that it was supposed to be, and she said you won't ever get a divorce because you're gonna stay married. So I thought I would stay married. Yeah, and then then nine years into it, or maybe right at the nearly the ten mark, you know, he kicked us all out. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so we got in our little Volkswagen, three boys, took and, off to West Monroe. Yep, and all the stuff we could carry in that Volkswagen. Thank yeah. you. But what's ironic, Mom, is that a few months after that, or I don't know the time frame, but when Dad came back. Mm-hmm. You basically gave him the same choice he gave me. That's right. All those years later, it's like, I, I love you. I want you in the family, but you can't, it's not going to work with you the way you are. Repentance comes slow to some. Exactly. By the way, just so y'all will know, that was, and you'll laugh at this, but it's a true statement. That was the fastest 
74 years I've ever spent on planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and this, the only this is how long it seems this took. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It it went whew, and now I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I'm 74 years old. My next marker is 80. Yeah. Well, the average uh life expectancy for a male in these United States is 77. I'm like, let's see, I'm 74. <laughs> You got three. five seventy six. I said, "Woo!" It goes by quick. Oh well, I remember when you were a little boy down at Louisiana yeah. Tech. But now your whiskers are gray like mine, dude. Well, I'm, just, I'm an old fart. You know, no doubt about it. Well, yeah. so so you think about it though, mom. You're right. When that choice is then made, things change. And so for the audience, a lot of times I think people bail. Too early, all right. Because they're and because here's what happens: you go into another relationship you're like with well, this. <clears throat> I married the wrong person. You know, obviously we're fighting, we're this, we're that. This happened. Someone had an affair, and so it's like so you marry someone else, but typically, then you have the same problems because people are still people, mm-hmm. and so like then sometimes a third marriage or a fourth marriage, and so people have to look inwardly as to how, how did this. Where are we? Why is this happening? What's the atmosphere? Because I always tell people, nobody stands in front of a preacher and says, I do, thinking that they want to get a divorce. I mean, that moment they're thinking, I want to be with this person the rest of my life. I mean, that's why I'm standing here. That's, uh, that's why I'm saying the I do's. That's why I'm giving my vow. Yep. Or that they want to have an affair. But that's right. Nobody's imagining that in that moment. So the evil one is the one setting the traps and for these things we don't have. And like Dad said, people feel like they have an unfillable hole. And I want you to talk about that because describe a little bit kind of what happened with us. You don't have to get the whole deal, but just kind of where we wound up. Because th- for them, it was 12-year mark. For us, it was 15. Um, well, we had been married for 15 years, but also at the five-year mark, we kind of had a... Kind of a near miss. A near miss. Um, Affair. Which, I guess kind of an emotional connection you made yeah. with this person. And, and that should have sent us to a counselor. Yeah. We should have dealt with that then. And for all the listeners out there, you know, if there is something that's a near miss, you know, somebody's emotionally involved with someone else, please see a counselor. There's a reason why, you know, and you need to get to the bottom of that. But um, for us, we'd been married 15 years. Our girls were, um, I think, 10 and 12, right yeah. around in that age. Yep. And um, I um, was working for Duck Commander, and an old boyfriend called that um, I had dated back in high school. And so, as they say, um, small talk led to um, bigger talk and, you know, intimate talk and things of that nature. So um, I had an affair for 14 months. And what's um, what is ironic about a person who is having an affair is that the one person they don't want to hurt is the person that they're hurting, and that's their spouse. I mean, I never wanted to hurt you, but it was all about the darkness that was inside of me. Um, I know that in his heart, Phil didn't want to hurt Kay either, you know? That's right. Well, he didn't want nobody else to get me, I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, So um, I used to drive down the road during this 14-month period, and I would pray for God to open a door. Just open a door. Just, you know, let me off of this roller coaster. And, um, And it was always honesty. Every single time, the door that he would open would be honesty. So I had to tell the truth. But I had not told the truth since I was seven years old when I started being molested. You know, I couldn't tell anybody what was happen- happening to me then. Yeah, and we believe it built, <clears throat> and this wasn't even your fault. This seven-year-old kid, but someone else's sin against her was building up this like dishonesty thing mm-hmm. that would come out all these years later. Let's take a quick break. So one of the things that's happened with the 
increase use of internet because of coronavirus, especially, you know, people having to do all their work from home, Zooms, all this stuff, is that it has brought out the cyber thieves and, of course, a lot of the bad stuff. You know, it's like we talk about good and evil on the podcast, and it's the same thing. You got good stuff, people are working, they're hearing this podcast, but then you got the evil one, right? So, one of the things that's been happening is the cyber thieves can go online and hack into wherever the title to your home is and basically steal your home title without you knowing it. And what they do is it's terrible. They borrow a bunch of money against it, and then somebody's coming to evict you, and you you don't even know you don't own your home anymore. So it's a a very serious crime, and we talk about it quite a bit on the podcast. Here's what you do to check it out. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. You register your address and make sure you're not already a victim. And if you're not, then these guys are going to be able to protect that where the thieves can't get in and get it. So it's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code RADIO. They're going to give you the first month free, 30 free days. It's HomeTitleLock.com. Code RADIO. Um, And so I really couldn't tell anybody then, and then I really couldn't tell anybody with this either. All of my friends were Christians, um, so I really you know, couldn't talk to anybody about it. Um, but I know that the, you know, the honesty part, God kept saying, you got to be honest. But I thought if I'm honest, then Alan's going to know what I've been doing and it's going to hurt him. And not only that, after the near miss, I had told you back then, if you ever do anything like this again, you're out of This marriage is over. So I had that kind of looming over her too. You know, just the idea is if she tells the truth now, it's over. I've already said it out loud. But I also thought, you know, you wouldn't love me if I told the truth, you know. And, um, you know, on the night that I did tell the truth, we call it truth vomit um, because you had found out about it and um, found phone records and, Oh, and I was like, I was like a CIA. He was a waterboarder. Waterboarder. I mean, you talk about get to the bottom of the truth because I knew now I had the proof, and but she still she was holding on to it so tight she just did not want to say the words. But I was not going to leave there without hearing truth that night. And I told him, I said, if I if I tell you what's been going on, you won't love me. You'll leave me. And he said, if you don't tell me the truth, you know, I'm leaving. And um, so as as I vomited up the truth. Um, and once you got going. You know, I was, told it all. <laughs> you know, I just. I tell I people, Dad, it's Psalm 51. You remember when David, when he finally yeah. got smoked out about Bathsheba? You read Psalm 51, it's just him going, Bleh. I mean, I was terrible. I couldn't have even, even in the womb, I had to be a sinner because yeah. I'm so bad. You know, it's just yeah. when someone gets to that point of truth. Then it comes out. But but look, the dam has to break before you can get to any kind of healing or reconciliation. If you're not going to be truthful and honest, mm-hmm. we can't find forgiveness. Go ahead. But babe. you know, like I was talking about a while ago, you find a way to justify it. And I did. I found a way to justify what I was doing. But in that moment when it all came out and whenever I heard myself say the things that I had been doing, and I looked in the mirror and I thought, how did I get here? Yeah. Like, where where did I go so wrong at? Um, because you really don't recognize who you are whenever you take a, a really long look at yourself in the mirror <laughs> whenever you've been in these sinful situations. And you go, who am I? How did I get there? And and where did I fall off the track? Um but also at the same time, whenever I said it, whenever I was honest, it was like a weight was lifted off of me because I no longer had to be, um, you know, running from the truth and denying the truth and waiting for the other shoe to drop, right. so to speak. Um, Did you tell me that a double life is so exhausting? It is. You know, because you're constantly trying to keep this one from knowing what that is about and it's, it's exhausting well and the lies you don't know who you've told what to to cover up you know one lie or another lie so you know sometimes you get those mixed up also but um, what's ironic is lisa felt relief from telling the truth i felt relief from finally hearing the truth 
because I thought I was going crazy all this time. Because she's not saying she's doing it. I would have different periods where I thought, well, maybe maybe she's not. Maybe I'm just missing this whole boat here. And so, like, we were doing that dance for so long. So I felt relief just like she did. What was interesting was I didn't think we would stay married. But then once a person has finally come clean, just like Dad did too, then all of a sudden you're open to something new. You... When, when Jesus told those people that were trying to kill him, he says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. Yeah. Well, if you look at that, that's pretty powerful. That's very powerful. He's a very powerful being. He is, and and once you buy into the deceit, oh, then you're blinded, and just want, and he just keeps it going. And just like Lisa was describing, now you've heard living the lie. I mean, that's, that's yeah. exactly that's, right. That's him right there. So tell well, tell builds, about you know it tell just tell building. the audience what you did in that moment. Like once you vomited that truth out, and I'm just kind of numb and you know, but yeah. relieved. Tell them what what you did. I went um I went out into the backyard um and laid down on the grass and I told Alan if I could have I would have dug a hole because that was how low that I was feeling but at that point I said you know I thought I had a relationship with God I I thought I knew who he was um I thought that I was a Christian at that point um but I wasn't and so I just looked up, I'm laying in the grass and I just look up and I'm, I'm like, God, if you're out there, I don't know that I even believe that you are. I don't even know that I believe in you or anything about this, but at this moment I need you. And so if you're out there, if, if you are, you know, who I've, have heard that you are, would you please come and rescue me? And what's amazing is at that point, I felt that. I felt that at that point God came and I and I think it was because of the openness that I had towards him. Um because I had never had an open heart to God before. But after spilling all of that out, I finally had an open heart to God and um and he came and and I really felt that. And then I had a desire to learn um more about the Bible. Um who he was, what my role was, what I was supposed to do. Um, and and that was after my heart was opened. So let's take a one last break. And Mom, I want you to tell the story because we've shared three our three desperate moments. This is why we wrote the book Desperate Forgiveness because yeah. when you get to that desperate place where there's nowhere else to go, that's when many times you finally turn to God, right? So the three of us told ours, tell about the, the when you were in the bathroom at the worst of it. And, yeah. and tell that, because to me, I think that's your desperate moment. It and, was. And uh, uh, he was continually, you know, drinking. The only thing I can say good about this, he never quit working. He always supported me. But the, he was just getting worse, drinking, and, and he was actually... Uh, had got hurt or something. He was laid off a little while from working offshore, and he was at the house. So that became horrible because he was just drunk at my house because usually his drunkenness is out at the parties and the other women, all that stuff. So I remember coming home, and he had been there, and I was late, and it was because I, I think it was something with a car or something, you know, and I had to go by and pick y'all up because he would never go get his children from daycare. And so I came in, and then he just started on me because I was late that I was probably having an affair. And I just laughed almost because I thought, yeah, I've got so much time for an affair. He was just projecting that onto you. Oh, it was just like, and I was like, you know, I drive 40 minutes to work. I come back. I have to pick up my kids. Usually I have to go to the store. Then I come home, and I cook a good supper. I mean, I do all this, and. So that night, I don't know what happened. It just hit me, he, you know, that he's just not going to change, you know. And I said myself to God in that bathroom when I was crying, I just said, I've stayed 
I mean, at that time, it's probably nine years or nine and a half or something. And I said, I've stayed. I've been faithful. I, and now he's accusing me of being an adulterer, you know, and all that. I mean, it was just like, man, this is it. I mean, and that's when I was crying and crying. And, of course, since we were in a trailer and you can hear everything in the room next door, that's when I always talk about I heard three little feet, I mean, three sets of feet wearing their house shoes. And I knew it was the boys. And and uh, Alan said, Mama, don't cry anymore. He said, God's going to take care of you and, and us. And, you know, for that second, because right before that second, I said, if I had a bottle of pills right now, I would take them and I would just go to sleep and not have to worry about this anymore. And you know what else I thought? Then I hope he feels guilty to the day he dies. That's what I thought. Yeah. And it, those. Memories. By the way, that was the evil one knifing it on you now. Now right. it's correct. Because to check out, right? That's right. So, so all four of us then, and that's the reason I want to talk about today on the podcast because people respect us and love us, and we should obviously share a lot about the Bible and, and a lot of good stuff. But I want people to know that. All four of us have been in a super desperate place, and we all messed up as teenagers. We we fell short, but God was always there until we were finally ready to say, God, we're ready, you know, to follow you. And that's why all four of us have spent our lives trying to help people and lead people to Christ. That's correct. Uh, you know, and so, but, but people need to know that because there's a lot of desperate people out there. They're in the same place we were in, you know. Peace of mind, it's rare. It's very yeah. rare. And the only, re- the only way you find it is through accepting Christ and, yep. and, and following him, extending and receiving forgiveness, and then yep. commitment to life change, because all four of us changed our lives, and that's, that's what right. changed everything for us. But the, you remember the forgiveness. So, Mom, so recently, and we've, we've told this before, but we just had Phyllis and Tony on, and we, we were talking about how that, you know, the night that we – you know, reveal to you guys that there may be a sister from that right before that same era we're mm-hmm. talking about from this lifestyle. Um, your reaction was not, you know, a lot of women that find out there's a 44 year old daughter from your husband mm-hmm. are not going to, that's not be received. Well, in mom's case, she was like, Oh, I've always wanted a daughter. You know? <laughs> I did. Yeah. She was actually a little upset with your dad. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, I've had this girl. I always wanted a daughter. And dad's like, I didn't know. So, but, but what I, what I loved about that mom was that what that told me that night was that when you forgave dad 44 years earlier, when he came, accepted Christ, started a new lifestyle, you forgave him. Right. Same right. thing I did with Lisa, but you meant it. Cause I if you did, if you wouldn't have meant it, then even 45 years later, she would have been angry. Oh, this just, you lived that life, and she could have just set in on you, but she didn't because she knows who you are now. And even 44 years that go by, and now in our case, Phyllis and Tony live here. We have a great relationship with her. She's a part of our family. She hunts with us. And so. And she's just like him. That's right. Oh, in so many ways. Yeah. The so more I'm around ways. her, oh. she is so Robertson. <laughs> I mean, it reminds me a lot of myself too. No compassion. No, you know, she's boy. The twists and turns of life. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, some of these people in the audience said that's about the most low down, sorry bunch. But what can we say? <laughs> without w- without Christ, we're all that's low right. down. Hey, the that's truth's exactly alike. Right. That's right. Yeah. I want to say something though that I believe back when Phil and I. Had our stuff and all. Uh, I would go to church some because I uh, I did believe in God, but and then I was ashamed though they'd find out about you, and you know that would just made it real hard for me because I was ashamed of that. And uh, but I think about now, this is what upsets me because I, we, even when we got back together, we didn't. They can't, did a thing more with Phil on you know, trying to teach him how to become a Christian because he had lived so long in that life. And then, but, and we had talks with both of us, but mostly it was with him. But nowadays, people have counselors. They have people that can help them that we didn't know who to call. You know, we just go to whoever helped us at church. But now there's so many things offered to people to help them. And that's what messes me up so bad because... I'll say, and they say I'm, bro- you know, I'm separated or whatever they say. And I say, well, did did you try to go to counseling? Because we have, we can point you to the right direction and all that. 
And they'd just say, no, no, we didn't go to counseling. I said, you don't understand. Everybody should give it a try. That's right. Some will work and some won't, but there is so much opportunity now to get help that we didn't know how to get help. Yeah, and you just have to seek it and be humble and be honest and find it because people want to get you know help. So let me mention here at the end a few resources just that we've provided. If, if something we've said today has touched you, we've written about everything we talked about. Elise and I wrote A New Season and then Desperate Forgiveness, which is a follow-up. So if something has touched you from our story, what we told you, Get those books because you can find some hope and healing. Happy, 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 which is Dad's first book, basically tells his life and conversion story. And then Mom and the Women of Duck Commander talks about a lot of what you talked about today. So those are great resources. If you know somebody that's going through something, pick one of those up and get it in their hands because it's going to help them. That's why we did it. And I also want to mention we got uh, some new books coming up uh, next year. Dad's working on one on uh, cancel culture, which we've mentioned a couple of times. So be on the lookout for that one. And then Lisa and Mom uh, are going to do a book, which I'm excited about. Uh, We're announcing for the first time. Uh, So we hadn't quite got the title for sure on it, but we're we're working on the ideas. And it's going to be a little bit about what we talked about today, how those stories have launched both of you into helping other women, especially, but a lot of people. And there's so much in the in the Bible about that very thing, mm-hmm. which is powerful. So uh, just want to encourage you on those. It's always good to have the ladies uh, to visit the uh, Unashamed. You know, our women's audience is really growing, Mom. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a very male-dominated audience Well, earlier, it, it's but. a miracle today because Phil and all of y'all can tell how I mispronounce words. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, oh. you, you have butchered the English language. I have, and listen, I'm telling you, it's all natural. I don't, I, I didn't even know I mess up. But on this one today, I don't think I've mispronounced one word. But I don't, I don't know. know. Well, we might have to check the, go back and check the video. I have a duck gumbo waiting on us. I fixed it. I started on mm-hmm. it last night. Finished it up about nine. So it's been simmering for about two or three hours. And, you know, Dad's cooking. Your know, mom used to do most of the cooking, but Dad does a lot of the cooking now. Yeah, he does over half the cooking. Yeah. But one of my girls from my Bible study. It doesn't bother your manhood. No. Hey, when <laughs> when I was having a little Bible study up in my country kitchen, so I sent a girl down there to get something, and she come back, and she walked in there, and they said, what is that smell? And she said, what are you talking about? And they said, you smell like some kind of, Cajun gumbo or something. <laughs> so she had just walked through the kitchen, mm-hmm. went back up to us on the little steps up well, to There's my... not much better smell than a gumbo, especially a ruby. It will draw people from miles around. Well, I say let's go yeah. eat some. So yep. we'll see y'all next time. On... Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.